Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. So she's not here. (laughs) Well, I've absolutely loved our Wisdom Word series from Proverbs. And when we were doing it as a whole church on the version, looking at the devotions across the campuses, I love seeing the revelation from different people, a variety of different people. And it was great to also meditate on some of the less common scriptures. We all have those life verses that we all go straight to. But there's so much more than that. And so many incredibly practical things of how to live our life. And I have a pretty quirky sense of humour, so I've been told, and those that follow me on Instagram would agree. So I was loving some of the quirky verses that made me laugh. And I'm Proverbs 14. Do you think you're blessing your neighbours when you sing at the top of your lungs in, the, lungs in the morning? Don't be fool. They'll curse you for doing it. And that reminded me of our neighbour. We have this neighbour who's tone deaf and whistles so loudly. And Steve and I just shake our heads since this monotone goes through our house. It also reminded me of one of the pastors in the church whose office may be next to me who really puts into practice that verse Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. (laughs) But he's having a good time and that's all that matters. And then Proverbs 25, 24. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. So I shared some thoughts on that one last month. Proverbs 30, 32 to 33. If you've thought about saying something stupid, you'd better shut your mouth. For such stupidity may give you a bloody nose. (laughs) There you have it. This grabbed my attention. (laughs) So as I made my way through Proverbs, I was taking notes of verses and having a look and noticed that so many of them were actually addressing our communication, our attitude and our words. And in a book that's dedicated to guiding us to gaining wisdom, which we're told is one of the most important things to ask God for, it's amazing how our words determine the direction of our relationships and how our lives travel. And it's certainly worth a deeper look into this. So I'm going to share some practical things from Proverbs today. There's a lot of the Word of God, but hey, if it's the Word of God, you know it's true. It's not just my opinion. So get ready to go for it. And I really encourage you, maybe read a Proverbs a day. Like read a chapter a day and you've got one every month. It just works out perfectly. As Steve said before, relationships matter. It's a bit like the girl with the curl, you know. When it's good, it's very, very good. And when it's bad, it's horrid. So, am I right? Yeah. When we have healthy relationships, we stand out. We shine in our community, in our social media, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our family, friendships and relationships, workplaces, our places of education and in the community because people are not used to seeing great relationships. So we'll look at a few of these proverbs. Firstly, in marriage, the Gottman Institute, who are like the relationship gurus, they talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are indicators of unhealthy relationships. And the four things are cynicism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And Proverbs deals with each of these in its own way. And I want to look at one of these in particular now, as it's mentioned many times in Proverbs, and that's cynicism. So Proverbs 9.7 says, If you try to correct an arrogant cynic, expect an angry insult in return. 
And if you try to confront an evil man, don't be surprised if all you get is a slap in the face. So don't even bother to correct a mocker, for he'll only hate you for it. But go ahead and correct the wise. We want to be wise, don't we? If you come up against cynicism with your spouse, avoid reacting. Avoid a slap in the face. I'm sure that wouldn't happen, but better not. Um, Listen beyond the emotion to what people feel they have lost or their fears about the future. Feeling understood can diffuse those fears. Ask if they want a solution or a sounding board, because sometimes people, women, (laughs) just want to unpack their frustrations and they gain peace, answers, or just be feeling valued because someone's listening to them and they're not trying to get a solution. But other times, people are looking to problem solve and we'll welcome the suggestions, especially if we've got some godly wisdom and insight that we are able to share with them. And always pray and ask for wisdom in every situation. Sometimes you need to set boundaries with your negativity and go to a place of choosing your feelings and behaviour. And we do this with each other. Um, I just checked with Steve, was I going to share this? We had a situation just sort of in our family and Steve was like, oh, I feel really sad about this and oh, this feels really... Oh, and every time... And I listened for a couple of days and then it got to a point I said, hon, you've got to stop now. That's enough. We need to go to faith. That's already happened, it's finished, we can't do anything about it, so now we need to choose to be in a positive place and go forward in the future. And he's like, ah, oh, thank you. He does that to me a lot more than I do that to him. <laughs> he's so good like that. But we need to speak life into some of our scenarios. It's not doing anything, any good at all, to be focusing on negatives and speaking those out loud. So Philippians 4 Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. We need to remember that, don't we? Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Maybe in your relationship you need to suggest, well, let's pray about this together. Or, so where's God in this situation? Or, okay, so what biblical promises can we access and stand on together believing and praying for over these circumstances? Because what we're doing then is what we look at our purpose circles. We're putting Jesus in the centre. And we've got our Bible and our prayer and our community, our wise counsel there to support us. And that's where we go. We need to go to that place instead of the negativity. And if you're the cynical one, maybe even the sarcastic one, ask God for wisdom. Ask him to help you to soften your heart, renew your mind and guard your mouth. 
Proverbs 10 says, chattering fools blurt out words. And 19, if you keep talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. Prove your wise from the start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. We don't have to be talking all the time. Sometimes we can just be quiet. That's not a weakness. We've got three sons. When they were young, they would be chattering away. And sometimes it would just go on and on. We'd say, that's enough now. It's just gone into rubbish talk. (laughs) And it had moved away from kindness and making any sense to silliness and nonsense. And then they start sort of pushing each other's buttons. And, you know, someone might have ended up with a blood nose. (laughs) So it's really important that we don't just let silly talk go on. Something that's really important is our friendships and peers. They have a huge influence on us, sometimes unknowingly. Proverbs 3.34 says, If you walk with mockers, you will learn to mock. But God's grace and favour flow to the meek. For me, I've had relationships that I've had to back off from um, in the past for a variety of reasons. Some of them were a distraction. Some of them were taking time away from my family or from my walk with God and my church. I've also had Christians in my world who've spoken badly about churches or putting down pastors and leaders. And I know that that's a really dangerous position for me to be put in. I don't want to be in the vicinity of listening to that sort of stuff. I was recently at a girlfriend's birthday and one of her friends started bad-mouthing one of the leaders in one of the Australian churches it wasn't C3, but that doesn't matter because I am passionate about the body of Christ. And um, I quietly shared my thoughts, affirming their ministry, but strongly letting them know that I wasn't going to be part of criticising something like that. We haven't, I said to him, we haven't walked in their shoes. We have not carried the immense burden of leadership that he has. And they have incredible fruit from their ministry, and that's what God looks at. And some of my pastor friends were there too and they shared afterwards that they appreciated that I shared my thoughts in a gentle way um, from my personal experience but without offending the other person but above all protecting the bride of Christ, the thing most precious to our Lord and Saviour. If you find yourself surrounded by fellow Christians even that are bad-mouthing or being cynical about pastors, leaders or congregation members or speaking opinions contrary to our vision statement and biblical values, then challenge them and or walk away, move away. Don't entertain it. Maybe limit your contact. And another thing which Steve mentioned in the marriage tip as well was conflict resolution, and that is a necessary skill we all need at times, unfortunately. So here's some great wisdom and advice. Proverbs 18.13 Listen before you speak, for to speak before you've heard the facts will bring humiliation. And verse 17, there are two sides to every story. The first one, to speak, sounds true until you hear the other side and they set the record straight. I have not heeded this in the past. There has been times when... with catastrophic results, I have jumped in with preconceived ideas from just hearing one side of the complaint and it's not the full or even the accurate story. Always hear both sides of the story. I always say there's three sides of the story. First person, the second person and the truth. And some in there somewhere in between. When launching into an awkward conversation, I've also learned to start off softly 
asking open questions to allow the people to open up and share their story instead of being accusatory and making them get defensive. Proverbs 12.18 says, Reckless words are like the thrusts of a sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. If putting people on the defence doesn't usually lead in them for teachability, repentance or reconciliation or restitution. And one way we become more like Jesus is to be teachable, to ask God for wisdom, then also ask others for wise counsel, even correction, and then actually take that advice and put it into practice. <laughs> Proverbs 11.2, when you act with presumption, convinced that you're right, don't be surprised if you fall flat on your face. But humility leads to wisdom. I just came up with this new um, saying yesterday, eat humble pie, it has no calories. <laughs> so I'll tell you where that's, that's come from. Um, there was a, a time um, quite a few years ago and I was in charge of all of the pastoral care. I was the only pastor doing that in Hepburn Heights. So I had like about 1,200 people that I was in charge of and there was a lot going on. I was visiting people in hospice, a couple of beautiful um, members had passed away. Pastor Cherry was going through chemo, which was pretty devastating. There was a whole lot of other things going on too. And then I was, I remember I was driving along and something came through on my speakerphone. I wasn't holding my phone. And it was someone from the congregation. And I said, hey, how are you? I thought, this is pretty serious because she's actually phoning. And she said, terrible, I'm really upset. And I said, oh, and I was thinking, oh no. What, what's going on now? What more can you add to my burden, Lord? You know, there's so many people to look after. So I thought, better, what, you know, what's the crisis? She said, yes, you've sent out the Life Kids roster and someone didn't spell my name properly. <laughs> and I'm really offended and I'm really upset. And I wanted to say, get a life, for heaven's sake. Do you know what other people are going through in their life? And you're upset about this? But I was like... Lord, give me wisdom. And I said, I am so sorry. I said, please, will you forgive me? I said, bless them, but I've got a lovely um, work experience student in year 10. And I gave him the roster to type up, but he's corrected the, the names. Like he, he changed, you know, <laughs> someone's name to Lisa, L-I-S-A, and it wasn't spelled. They need someone, Jonathan, he made it J-O-H. And I said, I'm so sorry. I hate it when people call me the wrong name. I said, you know, people put Nick Hole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, and I'm like, I don't have a hole in my name. It's just N-I-C-O-L-E. I said, I'm going to go and fix that up straight away and resend it. I'm so sorry. And then she just calmed down and she said, oh, look, you know, silly mum for making my name so difficult. She should have just spelled it the traditional way. Look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry yeah, but that'd be great if you resend it. So I went and did that. So I ate humble pie. It cost me nothing and I diffused what could have been quite nasty. If I'd attacked her back, who knows where it would have been. The funny thing is, I actually saw her yesterday <laughs> and, you know, in somewhere and she gave me a big hug and I was thinking, hmm, that's funny, I'm talking, showing a story about you tomorrow in church. <laughs> Doesn't go to our church in Hepburnites anymore. So sometimes we just, it doesn't hurt to just take it, accept it, move on, be that peaceful person. Proverbs says a soft answer turns away wrath and I really believe in that. We're called to be disciples and disciple others, right? And that means there will be times of correction, 
realignment which will result in spiritual growth as our desire is from growing from glory to glory to be more like Jesus and to be in his image. Good, one person's agreeing that that's awesome. <laughs> Proverbs 21.11, senseless people learn their lessons the hard way but the wise are teachable. Don't get caught up in vain arguing and philosophical debates. Can I just say there's a real spirit of intimidation that is rife in the world and such contrary attitudes and it seems that people are just wanting to pick a fight. So what is our response to be in this arena? 2 Timothy 2.16 says, Avoid pointless discussions, for people will become more and more ungodly. The more you expound on your thoughts, the more chance there is of getting yourself into hot water. And Proverbs 21.23, Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised by how few troubles you will have. It's so good, isn't it? And what did Jesus, the wisest man on earth, to What did he do when he was confronted by cynics trying to trap him with difficult life questions? Jesus' responses were usually short but revealing. In just a handful of words, he exposes, enlightens and presents the truth. Most theologians would respond to such questions with volumes, but Jesus is unique in his brevity. In 2 Timothy 2.14 says, Keep reminding God's people of these things. That's what I'm doing with you guys today. Warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. And we know that Jesus quoted these two commandments and said that they were the most important and actually said that the whole of the law hangs on these. And it was love God and flowing out of that, love others. In John 13, 35, he puts it like this. When you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers, my disciples. And our emphasis this year in C3 is to make disciples of ourselves and of others. Here's some things that Jesus didn't say his followers would be known for. You got that? Their opinions who they vote for, the car they drive, their job title, their social media following, where they live, their church attendance, the music they listen to, and I would add to that whether or not you choose to be vaccinated or not. Things he did say we would be known for the way we love. We are called as Christians to be peaceable in all we do. Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I love Aussie Dave. I follow him on Instagram and he, he gives us a Hebrew word every day <laughs> to help us with our walk with God. And he talked about this, about peace, and he shared this word. I've written it phonetically. Maklakit lasham shor mayim, which means to argue for the sake of heaven. He said, we don't serve Jesus when we win an argument but lose a relationship. When we are secure in who we are in Christ, we don't need to be defending ourselves and justifying ourselves. Proverbs 12, 23, those who possess wisdom don't feel the need to impress others with what they know, but foolish ones make sure their ignorance is on display. Now, 
social media, yes, I'm going there. As we know, it was not around in the Old Testament times or in Jesus' time, but the common sense wisdom principles still apply here. Let me just state, just because it's on Facebook doesn't make it true. Just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's a biblical truth. Just because someone has done a video for the internet or YouTube doesn't mean it's a gospel truth or that it's scientifically or medically accurate. And because a Christian puts up a spiritual meme doesn't mean it's godly. I've seen some absolute rubbish on there, <laughs> people I know. One of them was, oh, all you need is just Jesus and me. Like, you don't need church. You don't need Christian people talking to your life. I'm like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I didn't go on and correct that person on a public forum and get into an argument with them. Why not? The scripture says, 15.1, respond gently when you're confronted and you'll diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp, cutting words will only make it worse. Respond gently when you are confronted and you'll diffuse... Oh, it's the same. When wisdom speaks, understanding becomes attractive. But the words of the fool make their ignorance look laughable. So first, firstly, I'm a big believer, and I've, I know I've said this many times before, personally that the written word can be misconstrued because there's no way of knowing the tone or the attitude behind it. So you can see the words written down, I love your dress. I could be saying, I love your dress, or I could be like, love your dress. But you don't know because it's written down. You can't see my face, you can't hear my tone, you can't hear my voice. And so things can be misconstrued. And if someone's looking for it to pick an argument, it is too easy and it's too permanently out there on the record to do that. And it's the same with sending someone emails or rude text messages when you're upset with them. Just don't do it. Make a time to have a private conversation without the anger. If it's something serious and you need to have a, have a godly witness with you. So secondly, it just produces quarrelling and that's not what we are called to. 2 Timothy 2.23, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels and the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Here's another meme from Facebook. Think once before you act, twice before you speak, and three times before you post on Facebook. Verse 6, a senseless man jumps headfirst into an argument. He's just asking for a beating for his reckless words. A fool has a big mouth that only gets him into trouble and he'll pay the price for what he says. This is from the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> Thirdly, Sometimes these people are uneducated and opinionated and it's just a waste of time. So there's a meme here. Don't argue with people on social media. Every classroom had a kid that ate paste. That's probably who you're arguing with. <laughs> I love that. Proverbs 29, 8 to 9. Arrogant cynics love to pick fights, but the humble and wise love to pursue peace. There's no use arguing with a fool for his ranting and raving prevent you from making a case and settling the argument in a calm way. This is my fourth point. It won't change anybody's mind. Titus 3.9 says, Avoid foolish controversies, arguments about genealogies, quarrels and fights about the law. These things are useless and worthless. You know, I had someone on social media criticise me because I saw a movie that was about euthanasia and I thought, 
I'm not going to be swayed by that. I'm not going to see that and go, oh, right, I'm going to, I really believe in that now and I'm going to do that. It's ridiculous. I'm very strong in what I believe, that I know the word of God. I know what I value. I understand. <laughs> I know what my theology is. I know Jesus and what he stands for and nothing's going to change that. And no one on social media is going to change my mind. And you know what? Anything I say is not going to change theirs. So what's the point? But sometimes a personal testimony can. So I had one of my um, gorgeous dear friends and she was saying, oh, COVID's not real and it's not. And I said, oh, can I just share with you some of my friends who've actually passed away from COVID? And I said, and people in my congregation, I said, please don't say that because people in my congregation have lost family members. I said, and reeled off a few. And she was like, oh. I was able to change her opinion from a gentle conversation, a personal testimony of truth. But if I put that on her social media account, it would have been a full-on fight. I just shared what I knew. So Proverbs 17, 19. If you love to argue, then you must be in love with sin. Let that one settle. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Look, I'm not talking about compromising biblical values. Okay, if I don't agree with a post, I don't like it for a start. But the best witness is my personal one of being a loving, faithful friend who speaks life-giving, encouraging words to those around me. Proverbs 18.21, Your words are so powerful that they kill or give life and the talkative person will reap the consequences. We can use our words to look for those plus one opportunities to share some life-giving words, golden nuggets of wisdom. And um, I had a, a group of girls night the other night and one of my unchurched friends was there. We were doing macrame. And while we were sitting around, there were lots of different conversations and she was sharing about some difficult situations she has with her extended family. And then she said, but... I remember Nicole taught me about boundaries this time and Nicole shared about this and she was sort of expanding on all these things in 15 years of our friendship that have helped her in relationships about diffusing arguments and keeping the peace instead of taking offence. And she said, yeah, when I've had these heavy family things, I make sure I have some time with Nicole afterwards and we just debrief and she calms the farm and, <laughs> you know, like, no, don't react on that one. I think just let that go and it will sort out. And I was able to tell her, well, she was expressing appreciation to my friends that these had been helpful and empowering for her. And then I was telling her, I said, oh, that's interesting because I'm sharing at church in a couple of weeks about wisdom words and it says this. And I was sharing things from today, straight from the Bible and saying, and she's like, that is so true, that is really wise. And I'm like, yeah, and then it says this and all my friends are sort of backing it up. And it was really exciting. I wasn't slamming her with the Bible but just sharing some context, some practical things, but of course spiritual things too, aren't they? Truths and principles. And it was just happening naturally as we were chatting, just shining what I've learned and put into practice. And also the humbling moments too when I didn't do those things and hopefully have learned from my mistakes. Proverbs 16.24, Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our souls. Sharing words of wisdom is satisfying to our inner being. It encourages you to know that you've changed someone else's life. Amen. Isn't that worth hanging on to? Proverbs 10, 11, 2. The 
12, the teaching of the lovers of God are like living truth flowing from the fountain of life, but the words of the wicked hide an ulterior motive. God tells us in his word to be wise, to seek wisdom, right? So here is a good test straight out of Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 27. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? That's how you show you are wise. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm and collected, no matter what you're facing. Even When even a fool bites his tongue, he's considered wise. So shut your mouth when you are provoked and it will make you look smart. Boom, that's good, isn't it? I just love everyone to stand where you are. Close your eyes as we pray. As I said, God encourages us to seek wisdom and the most incredibly wise decision you can make is to ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Saviour. Once you've done this, you have the Spirit of Christ inside you and you can ask him to lead you and guide you in all that you say and do. So as we have our eyes closed, if that's you, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Saviour and you want to do that now, just pop your hand up and show me and I'll see it. Pray a prayer sometime. Amen. It's great to see that people have made good decisions. They said relationships matter. They affect so many areas of our lives. We're so blessed to have God's wisdom available to us. We just have to ask. And he's a good father, so he gives it to us and gives it to us generously. And there are people here today that need some wisdom in some relationships. So I'm going to pray, and if there's something I mention in part of the prayer that's relevant to you, just in your heart say, Lord, that's me. I need help in that area. And he will hear you and respond. And maybe you'll feel that you need to follow that up. You know, maybe you want to catch up with me or someone and have some, some prayer about that. That's a great thing to do too, to get some wise counsel. So I'm just going to pray and just see what I feel the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to you guys about. For some of you, you're looking for boldness to see and step out when you get those plus one opportunities, when they arise that's you just in your heart say yeah that's me lord give me that boldness let me be passionate about reaching the lost there's some people here and and you're feeling like you need to repent you've been one of those people that's had the cutting remarks there's other people here who've really battled with anger just release that to god repent of that and ask him to forgive you for that Some of you in relationships, you've gone to stonewalling. You need to lay that aside and put godly principles into place. Some of you have given your partners a silent treatment. Some of you have been withholding. You've been not giving them the love that they need and that you need to give them. Just repent of that and ask God to help you to do that, to put things into place and that you'd be able to be humble and ask for forgiveness and move into a place of healing in that area in your relationships. I see that in marriages and I see that in some parent-child relationships. There's actually some people there that, um, yeah, in workplaces too, 
It can be tricky if they're not Christians, but there's ways of, of, of being able to do that wisely. As Steve was saying in the marriage tips, if we look, I feel like there's people here that are entertaining thoughts that the grass is greener on the other side. I tell you now, if you read Proverbs, you're heading down a slippery path and it leads to destruction. You need to repent of that, you need to renew your mind and you need to, to get some help in that and need to make some choices to put your marriage, that covenant between you and your spouse and God, back into the place where it needs to be. Ooh, there's a lot of people here and you've been wounded by words. You've had harsh words spoken to you and about you and it's wounded your spirit. It's come against your confidence and boldness in who you are in Christ and how you live out your relationships. It's brought an insecurity. Just release those people. Ask God to help you forgive them. I know that's not easy. Just release them. Again, you might need to come and get some prayer ministry sometime just to have a completeness of that. God, I pray for those that have been healed, um, really damaged by those words. We know, as it says in your word, they're cutting and even words can kill. God, I speak life where there has been death spoken in people's world, where their esteem and, and how they've seen themselves has been crushed right now. We just pray for those dead things to come to life in your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in each one of us here. And we pray for those things of God in each one that they would come back to life that that crushing and death would go in the name of Jesus. We speak resurrection life to those things. Mighty God, I pray for healing. Jesus, you said that you came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And I pray right now freedom from the past, freedom from those chains that are bound people, freedom from uh, for some of you it's like you've got a vice on your head and it's been tightened and tightened i just release that now in the name of jesus intimidation come off your people in the name of jesus lying spirits going lies that would tell them that they're not worthy that they're not good enough that they deserve those things that were spoken we say freedom now in the name of jesus and god heal the brokenhearted do what only you can do supernaturally mighty god Speak healing into those areas in Jesus' name. Thank you, mighty God. I feel like there's people who've got pain in their joints. We just, just reach out to God. God, I pray for healing for each and every person here. Spirit of affliction, go in the name of Jesus. We break off any history of um, arthritis, of inflammation. We say, go now in the name of Jesus. And we pray healing to your people in Jesus' name. Quicken their mortal bodies, mighty God. Healing now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, thank you for your beautiful peace that rests on your people. Let us go out into the community shining your light but carrying that peace of God. Let us stand out in the community shine because we are different. We carry your presence we carry your spirit. We carry your anointing. And let us be disciples and be known as your disciples because 
of the way we love. We thank you now. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give. Thank you.